With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Celtic state of mind. This is the voice of Paul John Dykes. There is an issue with the camera. Apologies, but it means you can concentrate to the man on the right, Brian Degnan. Um, how's it going, mate? Uh, it's going very well, mate. It's great, actually. How are you? I'm good, yes. This is my first appearance of the week, I believe. Yes, it is. First appearance of the week, Wednesday. I'm normally in on a Monday, but Kev Graham stepped in because we were Recording a session with a Stone Roses guitarist. So the things you do on a Monday afternoon, Brian, you know. Apologies that I wasn't here on Monday for my usual slot. Brian and I, and possibly a third member of the Axom team, will be joining us at some point to discuss this week. It's uh, getting a wee bit closer, Brian, to the biggie. We're a point away. I think a lot of people are in that 
frame of mind or that state of mind that uh, we're allowed to surely think that we've won the league. But it will become mathematically impossible for anyone to catch us should we win a a point at Tannadice tonight. So we'll be talking all about that and why not start there. 30 games unbeaten in the league. Incredible run. And we go to Tannadice. Dundee United are playing hardball with the tickets. Most of the Axom team have managed to get their hands on tickets by hook or by crook. And we'll have a wee chat about the lineup. But we do have... Who's it going to be? We have a third member of the Axom team coming in. And here he is, David Slate. How are you, sir? Good, Paul. Yourself? Brilliant. It's good to see you. It's good to see you joining us. Myself and Brian, used to are looking far better than me. But uh, at least we've got two... Two figures on the screen. We're just talking about tickets for Tanadice. So you got your ticket? I've got mine. I never got one in the ballot, but um, I got one from a from a friend who wasn't going. So I count myself uh, pretty lucky. I know they're like gold dust tonight. Yes, and uh, as I was saying earlier, I think Axon will be well represented. We'll be covering the game as usual half an hour before kickoff. And we're a point away, David. So let's have a look at tonight. Let's have a look at the season that we've had. And where we're going to go, where where Ange is, is going to take us. Um, when we look on tonight, what are you expecting, David, from, let's say, team selection? I, I wouldn't expect anything less from Ange than full strength, as usual. Yeah, full strength. And I'd imagine it would probably be the same starting lineup as uh, as as, uh, as a Sunday against, uh, against Hearts, perhaps one or two changes around the edges um but but i'm, I'm expecting a full strength team uh, uh, uh you know perhaps rogic starting for o'reilly something like that but other than that i'd expect celtic to go full strength and to treat this game with the respect that it deserves because it's going to be a tough fixture yeah absolutely will be and i think when i i hear Ange postacogu like everybody else you you tune in brian to the the pre-match pressers and there's, you know, the generic kind of default questions, injuries, lineup, etc. And he always comes back with the same chat around we approach every single game the same way. Nobody gets a rest. Um, so, like David said, there might be a few tweaks if someone has a pull or needs a rest. But you're not expecting anything massively different tonight, are you? No, not at all. Um, I think the message from Ange has been very clear and that he wants to absolutely smash the finish line. He doesn't want it just to stumble over it. He wants to obliterate it. And um, I don't think you see many changes in the, the game in Saturday either, regardless of what happens tonight. I think that he want to, you know, he's very keen that he doesn't rest players. He sort of says, we'll rest when the campaign's finished. Um, and then they'll go back for pre-season and we'll start again. So I expect that mentality to continue. I don't imagine there'll be many changes tonight. Um, I think the, the team performed excellently against Hearts. Um, I was really glad to see Tumble back in the side. I think, obviously, the more games he gets, you get sharper. So, yeah, I expect the, the lineup to be the same. And I think O'Reilly's sort of hard to drop. I think he was absolutely excellent against Hearts. So, again, I, I don't see any reason. He's not going to drop the captain, so I don't see any changes in midfield. Um, Dijen, Jota um, and Kyogo are on decent form. So, in the back four kind of picks itself these days. So, same again, I would imagine. But as Angie's want to do, there may be a few surprises. Brian brings up David Turnbull, David, and I think that um, there's a wee bit of an echo coming out your your system there, David. Just a wee bit of an echo. So I'll see if there's anything, any uh, troubleshooting you can do in the meantime, and I'll come back to you in just a wee second. But on the point of David Turnbull, Brian, 
it was raised on Sunday when Lawrence, you and myself covered the game. And, you know, he was a go-to player for Ange until he gets the injury. He misses the League Cup final. And I'm just going to check if there's an echo. And it's, that's it. Sorted, David. We're sorted. Excellent. And there was even a suggestion that he may not suit Ange's system. That was brought up. Uh, most people came in and said, what are you talking about? This is one of the best young talents in Scottish football. I'll come to yourself first, David. What's your thoughts on, on David Turnbull? Does he have a part to play? My take on it is that he does. Absolutely. His return on Sunday flew almost under the, under the radar. Um, there were so many other things going on and so many distractions around the game um, that, that uh, his return and perhaps his overall performance didn't. Uh, attract the, the the level of attention that that it merited, but I thought he I thought he put in an excellent shift on uh, on Sunday, very good performance, um, acquitted himself very well, and you know earlier in the season when 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 Hatati was playing as well as he was with 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 Rogic flying, there were people talking about well I can't see Turnbull getting back into this side, but uh, you know I, I think on I think on Sunday he, he 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 proved that he still has a part to a part to play and that he will be a feature of Ange Postecoglou's plans going forward. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, Brian. I'm not shooting anybody down. Um, there was a suggestion that you have a certain group of players who we expect to leave in the summer, be that permanent or out on loan. But there might be one or two surprises. I think that's where the, the thought process started. And there has been, I would say, a bit of a surprise this week with the news that Nier Beaton might be that midfielder that, that's going to leave. Did that come as a surprise to you? We've been talking about guys like Beaton entering the last year of their contract. But, you know, I'm not saying it was cryptic, but it does seem as though Nier Beaton's on his way out. Did that surprise you, Brian? Not really, to be honest. Um, I suppose what surprised me is the reaction to him leaving. People mm. are actually saying, oh, I'm going to really miss Nier Beaton. That's a loss. Now, last summer, if he'd have said Nier Beaton's leaving, people wouldn't have cared. So it shows that how good a season he's had and you know how much he's developed under Ange. But I think uh, Kev Graham and I had a chat and I think we are sort of the romantics of Axon and uh, know that we stare at each other's eyes and, and have spaghetti together. But I think just that we, we see romance as a way of the, the stories around Celtic. And I think I said about Rogic, if Rogic was to leave, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of nice end to his Celtic career. You know, he's been there for most of the dominance. Last year was a bad year. He's won it back, had a great season, and he can sort of walk off into the sunset. And I think you can apply that to, to near Beaton as well. So I'm not overly shocked that he's leaving. And I think that he leaves, you know, with with everyone's best wishes and with a lot of thanks and a lot of good memories, I think. Yeah, I've said that a couple of times, but I think this has been his best season for mm -hmm. Celtic. Um, I think he's played more in earlier seasons, but I just think in terms of his contribution... And even he actually got off to really quite a shaky start, if you remember. A few red cards. Um, yeah. But he found his footing and he really stepped up on occasion. And I don't think he's he's someone that's going to be missed. But if he walks away, I, I, I think everyone will accept it. And just on your point about Turnbull, I think that, because I've said this before as well, that I just didn't think that Turnbull had the natural athleticism to really thrive in Angie's team. If you look at, you know, like Hatati, the amount of running, the amount of ground he covers and stuff like that. That's not really Turnbull's game off the ball as much. However, what Turnbull does have is exceptional football talent. He's got such imagination, such creativity, an eye for a pass, he tries something different. And he's physically quite robust. He's not easily pushed off the ball. Um, and he has tried to hide 
that sort of um, that sort of ability to his game, that off the ball ability. So I think he'd be a big part of the side next season. Um, even if it's maybe not starting every week, but I just think coming off the bench and just offering that bit of creativity, you can't have enough players like that in your team. And I think probably apart from O'Reilly, we don't really have that many players that do that. You know, I think it's a good shout, but also as well as appearing on uh, the odd Axon Bullet and myself, I always uh, am behind the scenes watching the, the action. And I think that Jared came up with a really good point in relation to Beaton, because I, I've got to say, it took me by surprise, uh, the social media activity that uh, Beaton might be leaving. In fact, I'm pretty sure he is leaving. There's a couple of clubs interested. But Jared said, you know, maybe this has been more of a, a longer-term th- um, situation that Ange was aware of, and, and perhaps that's why Gucci's been brought in. Um, so we will be talking about that uh, as well. But when we're, when we're looking at near Beaton, David, and, uh, you know, specifically... Uh, and I think Brian brings up a great a great uh, point in that Beaton's season went almost like Celtic's, kind of started off pretty poorly, but it got better and better as the season went on. And um, we now see him as a midfielder, the midfielder he always was, uh, but yeah. not always the mid, you know, and, and utilised in the position he should have been utilised in. Exactly. He looks, a- he looks a completely different player. Yeah. He's played in his correct position. And the game against Rangers at Celtic Park a couple of weeks back, when Rangers were starting to turn the screw a little bit in the second half, they'd, they'd, they'd got back on terms. The people around me were screaming for Beaton to come on, just to just to, 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 to steady the ship and, and to, you know, to provide that sort of you know holding player in midfield who can put in a tackle and, and, and just generally put his foot on the ball and, 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 and keep the keep the passes short and accurate. And uh, you know <laughs> that's you know, the cry for Beaton was certainly not one you would have heard at the start of the season, but it just shows. A regular run in his in his correct position, and he looked uh, he looked a player transformed. Yeah, he, he absolutely did. And um, I always go back to a time when uh, Colin Watt and I were, were chatting away, and uh, he had this idea that Beaton was one of the best players of the previous decade. And I used to slag him off about that. But this season, uh, I agree with you, Brian. You know, in terms of you know, you look at the nine seasons that he's had at Celtic. It is probably his his vintage campaign, and I was all for looking at the uh, the players who were coming in the last years, the, the last twelve months of the contract, and saying, you know what, we've been in a position before quite a few times, whereby you know we've we've lost too much experience, and I think one of the biggest assets he's brought to Angie's team is that experience, but. At the same time, if he's got ambitions beyond Celtic Park, I don't think we should ever stand in a player's way. What I will say, though, is he's been a great support for Abada, hasn't he? Um, but do you think that one season's enough so that Abada's now bedded in, it's not going to affect him in any way, Brian? Well, I think I think Beaton's been a great support in the dressing room and generally, um, apparently he's a very, very popular figure. He's really well liked, and I think he's the the coaches all seem to like him, players all seem to like him, and he has been a mainstay with that experience, and that can not help younger players. Um, but again, the experience of this season, I think, will help them more. You know, one of the things we spoke about, especially in the the sort of the last two Rangers games, were the fact that the players looked a little bit spooked at times. Mm-hmm. It was almost like the pressure of winning the title, getting over the line, was was getting a little bit much at times. Um, now, this season, get it over the line, they'll be thirsty for more, and that will improve, and I think that experience will be more invaluable than just a player um, coming in there. And I think the, the other thing that Beaton offers, and I think the reason he's been really effective, is there's been a lot of debate in what Callum McGregor's best position is, 
is he the, the sort of number six, the sort of holding player that wins the ball and starts play, or is he better in the sort of almost Hatati role where he's the number eight, he's sort of more box to box and connecting play? When Beaton comes in and Carnegie pushes forward, he's actually probably a best six and eight. <laughs> um, so what's going to be interesting, and you mentioned Gucci, is in the summer, because I think it was yourself, Paul, that mentioned the other day on the pod that you thought we definitely need a, a sort of a CDM, an all defensive mid in this transfer window. Yeah. And I'm wondering, because initially I agreed and I thought, yeah, that's spot on. But actually I'm thinking now, if he sees Callum in that role and he's got Gucci for cover and then maybe McCarthy, probably it's maybe more a cover for Hitati you need. That sort of uh, connecting the play, box to box, high energy midfielder. Especially yeah. because Callum's getting, you know, I'm not saying he's old. I would never call him the old, but he's certainly getting to the point where he has, he's going to start to slow down. And this is going to seem like an out there comparison, but just wanted not to shout at me and bear with me for a second. But when Paul Hartley came to Celtic for Hearts, he was that box-to-box midfielder and he was high energy and he was all over the place. When he came to Celtic, he was a bit older and he's just, he sort of sat deeper. And I thought he was exceptional for Celtic. And I don't know McGregor might transition more into making that role his own next season. So I think actually you may find that he recruits an attacking mid and keeps McGregor in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, you don't like to second guess Big Ange because they're usually wrong. No, that, that's true. Uh, where are you with Callum McGregor, David? Where do you think he's best utilised? Probably where he's playing at the moment. Uh, he's, he's had, I mean, he's had an outstanding season, uh, absolutely outstanding, and, and his energy levels. Um, need to be seen to be believed. Uh, just the way he's able to tackle back effectively, um, uh, you know, the, 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 and the speed with which he does so, re- really extraordinary given the number of games he's played. And you know, I was just looking this morning uh, online, and they said that uh, after Saturday, uh, the Celtic players don't return for pre-season training until the 27th of June. But no sooner had I read that than I thought to myself, ah, yeah. <laughs> but the, there's a number of guys who got to play international games between now and then, and of course Callum is uh, Callum is one of them. With uh, with Scotland uh, having an absolute purple patch of fixtures in uh, in early June, so so you know no rest for no rest for Callum until until a good bit later than than, than the others. But I think he's probably playing in his best position at the moment. But he would not let Celtic down uh, wherever he was played. I'm sure of that. No, exactly. And, let, and let's uh, remember, uh, he's, he's even been deployed in, in the left-back position. Not that I'm advocating for him to be moved there, that's for sure. Um, now, when, when we look at Callum McGregor's uh, Celtic career, he's, he's basically stepped into the, uh, the captain's berth as well, um, just as David repositions himself um, away from the bagging. Uh, and he's made 375 appearances for Celtic. Brian. So, I mean, when you look at the fact that he didn't enter the fray until he was 21 years of age, and those 375 appearances have been made within eight seasons. It's it's remarkable, going back to what David was saying, it, the, the games he plays, the consistency that he shows. And, and I think we've seen a few different ages of Callum McGregor, because the player that we've seen as a young guy, 21-year-old, coming in and playing for Ronnie Dyla, was a completely different beast to the the player that we saw under Brennan Rogers, and now uh, we are. By the way, this isn't a dig at Neil Lennon. I th- I don't think Callum McGregor was great under Neil Lennon. I've got to say, I don't. I mean, last season wasn't uh, many players' best season uh, in a Celtic jersey, but this season we've seen a different Callum McGregor again. The 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 captain, Callum McGregor, and, and you see the, the the development of that player, Brian. And I wonder because. 
He's not had the earliest introduction, a la James Forrest, 17 years of age, that a player like McGregor could extend his Celtic career at the other end. I think he could be that Scott Brown type that plays till he's, you know, 35 years of age, um, which is quite remarkable when you look at the amount of football that he's played. Um, there has been talk in near Beaton leaving after nine seasons. We'll get on to the James Forrest question. But Callum McGregor, surely he's going to be a Celt for life, Brian. And that's important as well. Yeah, sorry, just a came with the missus there putting the, 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 the washing in. So we got just, a wave, yeah. we got a wave though. That's just good. a wee, wee guest appearance there. <laughs> um, I think you're absolutely right about McGregor. I think he extended his career. I think one of the things that you hit upon there, and it's something that I thought long about McGregor, he's a very, very intelligent player. Mm-hmm. Not just how he plays his football, but an intelligent guy as well. And I think he understands when to adapt his game, how to adapt his game, how to change. And that's where you saw that transformation. Um, and you talk about consistency. I think it was, was it two years ago? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He played more games than anyone in Europe. Something yeah. like that. I mean, it was a ridiculous start. Um, he's naturally athletic, naturally fit. I think, as he said, it was into that number six role. I think you, you can you can play longer there. It's got a bit like Scott Brown. Scott Brown, a similar situation, didn't he? When Rogers came in, and he really sort of transformed his career, and he didn't do quite as much running, but it was when he run the decisions, yeah. and that game intelligence really helped him. I think the other thing that McGregor offers that no one, no one else offers at the moment, is he's got that great ability to take the ball for the back four. Now, when you look at how how often we play it for the back, which is every time they get the ball. He always makes himself available and he's mm. very good at taking it, turning and you know making the appropriate pass or calming people down or directing traffic. Nobody else really offers that. Um, it's not that they can't do it, they just no one else is in that role to do it. And I just think he's really important because what you tend to find sometimes is when we don't perform well, it's because the midfield is missed out. We don't have that length from when the, the, the ball start the <clears throat> passage of play starts for the back that midfielder to take it forward. And I think he could do that for, for five or six years comfortably. Um, I think he, And I think he'd be smart enough to adapt where necessary. You know, that's a great point because 
I've never played football at a level, but anyone who's played football knows that you've got guys in your team who hide. They don't show for the ball. McGregor is in a position where we've seen many occasions this season where he's the one who's ensuring that he's going to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. I've been using the Ibrox um, example where we go a goal down early doors, but I think he'd done exactly the same against Hearts, where, where he's refusing to leave Celtic Park with anything less than a win. And there are different types of captains, David, but I think what we've seen this season from Callum is a captain who leads by example. Yeah, we've seen he's added the vocal element into his game. I watched one of my favourite Celtic players of all time as a captain and Paul McStay was never a shouter, I didn't think. Um, McGregor has added a wee bit of that, but he's for me, he's far more of a, a leader who leads by example, David. Yes, I'd agree. He takes personal responsibility. I mean, that, that that's clear. And I agree. When uh, when Celtic went a goal down early against Hearts on on Sunday, he was the he, he was the man who, um, who, who who set about uh, you know wresting control of the game back from Hearts and and and, and, and reestablishing Celtic in, in in the game. And just the way, as I said earlier, that he sort of tackles back um, does more than might reasonably be expected from him. Um, you know, speaks volumes in that regard. And he said he said in he said in the press yesterday that um, you know he took the he took losing the league title last season personally, uh, and I think I think that's been that's been evident in his in his performances and the way that he's led the team this season. Oh, definitely. I am very keen to bring in as many comments as possible. Thanks everybody for joining us. We are hurtling towards episode one thousand of a Celtic state of mind, which I find absolutely absurd. And incidentally, had we counted all the match day stuff, it would have been well over a thousand, but um, they don't always make it onto the audio. And I'm just going by the audio rather than counting through all the, the YouTube videos. So thanks everybody for supporting us over the last five years and in particular over the last two when um, normally you can see our faces uh, not today because my camera's knackered <laughs> uh, but that's just the way way of the world here um, I found it interesting David when you went for a wee wonder that uh, you had that uh, you know, the remake of the Celtic stained glass window behind you it's just a beautiful emblem isn't it? Stunning. Yes, it is. Yes, that's <laughs> alongside the, the camera at the moment but yes, that's, uh, that, that's right and uh, as uh, Declan and others who have been round to my flat can attest, it's uh, absolutely chock full of, uh, of memorabilia of various shapes and forms. What can you do? I love a bit of curio myself. Um, yeah, very keen to get everybody involved. Celtic follower, welcome on. You're, you're speaking to us via YouTube, buzzing for tonight. Will it be a high-scoring first half at Tanadice? I think what we have done in the past, certainly, Brian, is we've blown teams away in the first half. I mean, um, we've spoken about games against our closest challengers this season and Rangers. And over the piece, I guess you could say two wins, two losses and a draw. Over the piece, it may be quite even. But I mean, you think back to that game in February where we came out the traps and basically annihilated them in the first half. We've done that quite a bit this season. Do you expect the same tonight, Brian? I think so, yeah, but one of the, the most pleasing things about it is the fact that against Hearts we actually started really poorly and then we just get... So it wasn't like... It's not the case that if we don't perform in the first half, we just don't perform. Mm-hmm. In fact, we didn't start well and then for the rest of the whole game, right up until the end, we were still banging on the door for goals. So I think there's plenty of size to the team. I just think that at times we've done such a good job in the first half, there's an understandable drop-off in the second um, Tanadice, it's interesting because I think Dundee United have been harder to beat at Parkhead than they have been at Tanadice for us. Um, I think the 3-0 game, we absolutely battered them. 
Um, and it was a great performance, but obviously he's took, they took us to the last minute. We had a draw against them. So mm-hmm. they're a decent side. I think um, Quartz deserves great credit for the job he's done, actually. I think he's kind of under the radar a little bit this season, but they, they've brought some young players through and they're doing a good job. So I think it'll be a hard game, but I think there's a... I'll go back to my early comment about the romanticism. My favourite league one. I'm still thinking about you and Kevin sharing that spaghetti, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you want to think about me and Kev sharing spaghetti, Paul, that's your business. I'll, uh, <laughs> whatever gets you through the day. Uh, <laughs> that's an amusing that a lot of people's minds aren't going to leave. Uh, <laughs> I'm, waiting, um, but, I'm waiting for the meme. I'm waiting for the Lady in the Tramp meme. Oh, I know. Go on TikTok at some point, but... Um, one of my favourite ever league wins, uh, tight wins, was at Tannadice when Venegor scored the goal for the Paul Hartley corner and we won it. Uh, it was the year Tommy passed away. We had to 2008. Win. Mm-hmm. 2008, yeah. I'd, I've actually got the signed, I don't even see it, signed uh, strip. Oh, nice. Um, and I think that it was so special that day. I, everyone knows that watches this. I was a massive fan of Stacking's team and the work he'd done with the team. Mm-hmm. Because actually, individually, I don't think they were great. They're such a good team and they're so determined. And I see similar qualities in Angie's team, albeit the individuals are better. I see that so that relentlessness, that determination not to lose. It's like a refusal to get beat. Mm-hmm. To, they just keep going, they keep going, they keep going. And um, our very own uh, Tony Haggerty had a great interview with Gary Caldwell and done an article about it. And Caldwell was talking about the, the intensity of Strachan's training and how fit they had to be and how strong the characters had to be. And yeah. I think you can see similar things with, with Ange and come back to the comparison to go to Tannadice and win the league tonight. I think there's just such a, a beautiful symmetry about those things. Um, that season, if you remember, Rangers were doing really well. We had no right to win. You know, seven games to go, we were defeated and, and we got through. If you look at this season, started the season, you know, the club was in absolute disarray. Nobody knew who Ange was. Is he, is he, is he hilariously quoted the other day, he should have been sacked at Christmas. And yet, He's won us this league and he's won it in some style. And to win it at Tanadice, I just think there's a beautiful symmetry to that. And um, it's just, it's, there's at least something about Celtic that always seems to tie these things together. I think there's a magic about the club. Tanadice was also where the league slipped away finally last season. Yeah, that's right. Yep, absolutely correct. Last season. So I remember of last season. Mm-hmm. I've, still got, I've still got last season PTSD a little bit. I don't so blame certain, you. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're spot on. Absolutely correct, David. See, when we're looking, you're talking about the fitness aspect of Strachan's team. I think also John Hartson says that he was at his fittest throughout his entire career under uh, Gordon Strachan. You know, he's a player who, throughout his own career, he played senior right in his 40s, and that was down to his own commitment to his fitness and his diet. Um, I think he likes a glass of wine now, but he was certainly teetotal during his playing career. Magnet 67, afternoon Axon team still pinching myself at what we have achieved this season, to be honest. Up there with 65, 66, 87-88 and 97-98. Well, I remember the last, the final two in that in that list uh, for sure. 87-88 will always be special in my mind because it was the first season I started going to the games. And 97-98, because we should have won it at East End Park, but you know what? The fairy tale's fine the way it is, uh, and we'll take it. Um, Magnet67 goes on to say that I think most of us, if we're honest, had written off the title after the Livy loss in September. It has been a, a journey of emotions, David, but at certain points this season, I didn't think this was likely. And the Livingston game was certainly one of them. Absolutely. You think back to the start of the season, opening game, defeat at Hearts, last-minute goal... 
lose to Rangers at Ibrox, lose to Olivia Almondvale, dumped out the Champions League by a bang average Michelin side. Things weren't looking good. Uh, you know, and if somebody said had said after that Livingston game, and I remember that just broilingly hot afternoon, I remember sort of drifting around the, uh, the, the, the the retail outlet afterwards in a sort of trance, thinking, well, we can kiss goodbye to the league this season. If somebody had said after that game that, you know, we'd be in the position that, that we're in now with uh, with two games to go, you just would not have believed them. And it just it just speaks volumes for uh, Ange Postacoglu's self-belief, the way he's gone about his job, the self-belief he's instilled in the team, the consistency that he's instilled in the team, uh, and, and the never-say-die never say die attitude that, 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 that Brian alluded to earlier. I mean, it, it's, been, it's been a remarkable run, week in, week out, even when they've not been playing well, they, they, they seem to have, uh, have, have dug out a result, and, and they've just, they've just, uh, you know, they've, they've got where they are through 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 sheer consistency, highlighted with, perhaps by that that home performance against uh, against Rangers, the three nil game that I suppose, with retrospect, in terms of the league, could be looked back upon as, as the turning point of the season. Oh yeah, absolutely, and again, some of the best football I've seen in a long time at Celtic Park in that first half. And I'm not saying it was a bad second half, I just felt Celtic, it was job done and we played a completely different game rather than Rangers playing a different game in the second half. A uh, big shout out to Paddy Lavery, welcome back, afternoon all. And uh, Lanky67, I'm early for a change and good afternoon. Well, I was almost late because of camera issues. I don't think I've had any complaints yet to say that um, you're missing my mug on the screen, so it's all good. I second, here's a point. Huge achievement winning this title against the strongest side to play out of Ibrox in 15 years. Now, I know it's subjective, but, you know, in many, many ways, you look at this this Rangers side and it's difficult to gauge last season because of everything else that was happening around the, the lockdown, the lack of fans, no fans in the stadium and everything else that was happening. And it's sometimes difficult to know how good our opposition was because we were so rotten. Celtic were, were poor. Um and I, and I think this season that's that's not been the case. I think that uh, it's been proved domestically and elsewhere that it has been a proper challenge, Brian. We have been up against a a, a strong, like I used to create and said there, one of the strongest challengers that, that we've had. I mean, I've said 10th title in, in 11 years. And in that 11 years, there's, very, there's not been a, a, real, a, a real head-to-head going for a title. Last season, I wouldn't say Celtic challenge for the title. Uh, but this season, it has been a proper title challenge. Um, first first time, I would suggest, in 11 years, for sure. Um, and I think we, we deserve immense credit for that. It's not as though uh, we were the best of a bad bunch this season, Brian. Absolutely not. And, <clears throat> you know, when you, when you think about it, as well as them being a good side, they've played a similar system for four years or so. They've gelled really well. I don't think individually... They're, they're blessed with fantastic players, but they are a very, very strong, strong team that know how to win games. You can't take that away. Add to that how, you know, how sort of in this day we were at the start of the season. And, and I always come back to that because context is so important. Look at where we were. Now, you mentioned earlier, Paul, that it, um, the, <coughs> the commenter said he did they think after the Liverpool game we would have won the league. Mm-hmm. I, I said several times at the start of the season, um, I didn't think we'd have won the league this season at all. I thought, it, it, I thought, I said, as long as we can get close to Rangers and challenge and make a game of it, um, then that'll be a, a good improvement because there's such a such a huge, huge job to do, Frange. So the fact that he's absolutely blown expectations out the water 
against a very good side, it just makes the achievement even more sort of sort of not only unbelievable but impressive. And if you look at um, the fact that he's done it his way, mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You know, he's not, he's not, you know, people calling from adapt and change and this and that. He stuck by his guns, he's played the football he wanted to play, the way he wanted to play it, and it's paid off dividends. And, and now you, wouldn't, you absolutely wouldn't change it. The football's been electric to watch at times. Mm-hmm. And I, you remember, Paul, I got into a, a few heated arguments in the, the Axon group chat after the Lovey game because I, I felt, you know, that. We were, we were a work in progress and these things were going to happen. I think I'd said on the, the pod that we're going to take a lot of black eyes over the next few years until we get to where we're going to be, but it's a long-term job. And I've never been happier to be wrong now that we're winning the league. Um, and it's so surprising. And again, if you look at it objectively and you, you take the opposition and you look at them and their achievements this season, which to get to a Europa League final is excellent. You know, Nobody's going to tell you it's not. But we beat that team. And we've beaten them comfortably at times. We've beaten them at Ibrooks, and we've beaten them with for a season, given all our difficulties at the start. It's tremendous. And just to cap it all off, we're still at the very start of this rebuild. Yeah. We're only at phase one. He's only just started getting his background team sorted. I imagine we'll be two, three, four years' time. It's We're, we're really sitting on something special here, I think. I, I agree with that. And um, although my appearances on the Axon Bulletin have been fleeting over the last couple of weeks, I have been bringing in the the question around where could we go, David? And it's been a criticism, I guess, of the club for a while, you know, prior to Axom even starting five years ago, is that we get to a point where you think there's a moment where you can build on this. I mean, the centenary season is a great example if you want to go as far back as that. Yes. After the centenary season, where we win a, a really memorable double, we strengthen the side by bringing in Alan Ruff and Ian Andrews. You know, we're in the European Cup and, and we really don't, we, we don't strengthen. We, and in actual fact, the, pre, the next season, we actually lose the likes of McAvenny, who was so important to the side. And that is always a discussion point because you want us to go from where we are just now, David, and strengthen, but also keep the likes of Ange and the core of his team together. Is that possible? Because I guess there will be vultures already looking at Celtic Park for the likes of the success that we've seen from Zhiranovic, for example, Matt O'Reilly. Some of the uh, Japanese players, I'm sure, will have uh, you know been highlighted by the richer clubs down south. Is it a concern mm-hmm. for you, David? It's a concern. And there were stories this morning about Newcastle being interested in, uh, in Cameron Carter because uh, I just hope, uh, I think along with all Celtic fans, that Celtic can get that particular deal over the line. They're in a position of strength at the moment, as, as you said. Say, but history tells us that uh, Celtic is a club that t- tends not to strengthen from a position of strength. But look, we've, we've got a golden opportunity at the moment. No qualifiers for the Champions League. Straight in. We know where we stand. Uh, we've got a settled side. It's a side that's going to need some 
uh, tinkering and, 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 and strengthening during the course of the summer. But I think back to where we were at the start of last season, you know, two weeks before the Michelin tie, we weren't sure who the manager was going to be. We, we certainly weren't, weren't sure who, who was going to be playing in central defence. And guess what? We lost a tie that we should have, we should have won. This year, totally different ball game. We've got months to prepare. Uh, and I think Andrew's been clear that he's got very specific ideas as to who he wants to, uh, who he wants to bring in. Uh, already a suggestion uh, that, 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 that there's this left back arriving from, from Hammerby for, for two million with an unpronounceable name. Um, but it looks like uh, it looks like Celtic have got the. I'd like to think they've got the recruitment house in order. I don't think Angel stand for anything less, and I think his stock is so high uh, right now that um, he's in a position to uh, to dictate terms in that regard. Let's hope so, anyway. Yeah, I, I do hope so, and I think that um, another point I made. I don't expect a team to stay together for eight or nine years. That just doesn't happen in football. But when you're looking at Ange Postecoglou and what he's building at this moment in time, I'd love to see this team, this group of players, developing and being strengthened over a period of, let's say, four years. Now, that that's, that isn't unthinkable, but it has been something that we've lacked in the past. But, you know, there's always two or three players on their way out. That harmony, Brian, if we just think back, not to the pre-season uh, last, but the one before that, where, you know, we had heard that there was some disharmony. That was confirmed pretty early on in the season where players want to leave, that kind of thing. You've, you're leaving players behind during the French pre-season trip. You know, Lee Griffiths was one of those guys. You know, Tommy Rogic was one of the players that was left behind. We don't have that same kind of drama behind the scenes under Ange Postacoglu. I just think that he'll identify if a player isn't right for what he's trying to achieve. And I'm not saying he's going to freeze them out, but they won't be part of his plans. And I think that's that's huge because that, that was one of our uh, biggest issues last season, wasn't it? That disharmony, Brian, within within the playing staff. Well, the cultural change at Celtic under under Ange is absolutely in, incredible. Um, I mean, I, I spoke about it before, and I think culture's as important as the players. You have a great players, but if it's disharmony, if people are fed up, if it's not a nice place to go, and you know yourself, if you worked anywhere, if you don't really get on with your colleagues or you don't enjoy your job, whether you're getting paid or not, you're, it's never going to be as good. So the way he's changed that around, and I, I get the impression we Ange, the way we spoke about, let's use Matt O'Reilly, for example. I love him. <laughs> I think the guy's incredible. I think he's got unlimited potential. I really, really do. But if he goes, I don't think Andrew would try and keep him. If he says, I think we're going elsewhere, he says, all right, thanks very much. Good job. See you later, mate. And um, he'll get someone else in. That appears to be his mentality. I think he was interviewed um, at the start of the season about Rogic. And he said, oh, so you know, Rogic, Rogic knows you well. Do you think that's going to benefit him? And Andrew kind of said, well, yeah, I know him, but he also knows I don't give out cuddles. I don't give out hugs to the players. I, I tell them well done and I leave them to it. Mm-hmm. And if players don't want to be here, then we move on and we'll get players in that do. He's like, I'm not going to sell this club to anybody. The club sells itself. And I just love that mentality. And the thing about it is, so for us and anybody or most people watching, the idea of playing for Celtic is, is dream stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're a player, so take the, the left back link where I think it's uh, Mohanad. Yazi, um, I think um, he's what he'll probably see is that although Celtic's a big club, he'll also see a style of play that's going to suit him. A, a, an exciting, you know, sort of momentum shift, a good coach, improvement in players. These are all massive factors and the Champions League out with just Celtic as a brand. So 
I think we're an incredibly attractive proposition and I'm really relaxed this transfer window for the first time probably ever, I think, as a Celtic fan. Not only because you've got Mark Wall coming in and um, you've got, <clears throat> is it Frank Trambley, the Australian yeah. agent that, that Postacoglu is close, close with, who's mm-hmm. in touch with a few players, um, and Postacoglu himself, because he clearly has an idea of who he wants in and why he wants him in and when he wants him in. And just to, to, to sum that up, because I'm, I'm aware I've been rambling for a while, we are, we are getting into a summer window in such a strong foundation. Our starting 11 is excellent. Probably out of our starting 11, it's only left-back, you would immediately say that could do the changing. But if we were to start a Champions League game with this strongest 11, you'd be fairly comfortable. You want to improve, of course you do. But that's such a great position to be in because there's no, yeah. you don't need a squad overhaul. We probably need four, four first-team players that can start, I would say. And I think that's achievable in a window. Especially when you're looking at maybe 16 players leaving. I'm not going to count them all out. You can figure out who they are, but possibly 16 players leaving. So that's going to free up a lot of funds, wages and transfer fees and improve that culture at the club. So so all positive here for me this summer. It is. You know, yeah, David, Brian brought up culture. We spoke about mm-hmm. it a lot, a lot last season that there, there was an issue there. And yeah. I think back to a couple of our previous managers during the nine in a row era, and Ronnie Dyla came in and tried to implement his own culture at the club. He had issues, didn't he? Because the the senior pros didn't buy into his vision. I think the younger players did, and I think we've seen that those younger guys have gone on to do really, really well. But then Brendan Rodgers came in with his own culture, and it worked. But then, obviously, there were other issues behind the scenes, and, and he eventually leaves the club. Mm-hmm. How impressed have you been that he's, that Ange has been able to turn that side of the club round so quickly? That's been so impressive. Um, you know, he arrived last summer with on his own, with nothing other than an impressive collection of jumpers. It seemed, <laughs> and he's, uh, he's 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 you know he's imposed his his uh, his will and his thinking upon the club um i was fortunate enough to be invited to a, a kind of q and a with the with the manager in the Kerrydale suite back in back in march and he spoke so impressively uh, and, you know and he explained that um he was perfectly comfortable coming to celtic without any backroom staff um because he he liked to feel challenged he said his first uh, his first few weeks uh, up at lennox town he, he described himself as being in a state of high alert all the time listening to everything that was being said um whether he agreed with it or not uh, taking it on board, uh, and you know he's 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 done a mightily impressive job in in, in terms of uh, you know in, in instilling a, a certain ethos and attitude uh, throughout the first team squad. And reassuringly, I, I, I get the impression that you know Angie's here for the for for the medium to long haul. Um, you know Tony Haggerty of, of Axum said a few weeks back, you know it, it's just possible that Ange sees you know the Celtic job as his is his last. You know, senior management position, um, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I agree with that. Who, know, who knows what's going to happen in the future? He could be gone in in twelve months' time. We just don't know. That's the nature of football. But I think Ange enjoys it at Celtic, and I think you know, in addition to the the strength of of having you know a settled team, having won the league, having a guaranteed Champions League spot, when it comes to attracting players, we've got a manager who who looks like he's uh, he's invested in the club and, and, and here for the foreseeable future. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I hope that Tony is right 
in his assertion. Uh, Todd Ferguson, thank you for bringing this up. Looks like Bruni is set to be the new Fleetwood Town manager. We will be talking about the retirement of, I would say, a great Celtic captain. Who could argue that Scott Brown was a great Celtic captain? I'm sure we'll find somebody to argue. Uh, Adam, currently snapping one off on the Thunderbox in South West Australia. I'm not even sure what that means. I hope that's uh, not a euphemism. I'm hoping it's got something to do with a bottle of beer. Uh, JP, no, I am certainly off that witness protection programme. But what I could have done is very quickly set up a different system and I just thought, you know, let's go live. There'll be no complaints. We'll stick up an Axon banner. Where's Colin? Colin will be back on Friday night. He is uh, struggling to get away from work today, so um, it's a good look. Cheers, no. How he cheer us up on a Wednesday. Thank you very much. Um, there we go. Now, I was looking also at the fact that we brought in players in January, and I think uh, Matt O'Reilly has been phenomenal. But if you look at Hatati, um, Maeda, Idiguchi, Two of those guys have spoken about how difficult it's been in terms of the uh, the constant... Um, treadmill of finishing a season and coming to Celtic and continuing and they're kind of running out of steam a wee bit Hatati's spoken about it, Maeda's spoken about it Idiguchi's not played so much so it's maybe not an issue for him and I'm looking at those three guys as well and I'm looking at next season Brian and I'm not going to use the cliche about uh, like a new signing but we've probably not even seen the best of these, but we've certainly not seen the best of Gucci but Hatati and Maeda who have made an impression but we've probably not seen the best of them and I think that's something else we need to take into account for next season as well, Brian. Yep, and I think you can include Kyogo in that as well. Um, Yakimaki, I think you can include in there. Probably even Jota. A bad is going to get better. The, the, the potential next season is is insane. Um, you know, you spoke about Matt Riley as well there. These guys have a full pre-season and starting the season in a better place than they are now when they're winning the league. That's incredible. And we've not been in a position like that for a, for a long time. It's funny you mentioned treadmills there. I feel like Dyson Maeda goes to sleep in a treadmill. He just seems to always want to run, doesn't he? He loves it. And I think what you know, what he offers the team. I mean, you could, how could you look at him and say the guy's tired? He obviously is, but imagine him maybe mentally a bit sharper, maybe a bit more clinical in front of goal. Mm-hmm. We've just we've got so much potential in this team. It's it's incredible, and this is slightly off topic, but it's something that David touched on. One of the exciting things about Celtic as a club now, and they've had plenty of criticism, and rightly so over the years, but it looks like they're starting to try to build some sort of continuity and sort of structure in the club, so that even, God forbid, when Ange does go, there is that momentum. So the players that have been signed at youth level, training that way, playing that way, that type of profile player, they'll hire a manager that can fit that and continue on that. Mm-hmm. If you look at Rodgers, that's kind of what he had, uh, 45 minutes been the Rodgers collection, but if you look at what he had and his backroom staff, he had that. He signed players to fit his system, including youth players. They all left. Lennon came in, different philosophy. And it set the club back. You kind of keep doing that. And I think Celtic are probably cognizant of that now. And I think that's why guys like Mark Lowell coming in, you know, the, the data analyst guy from Benfica, I can't remember that man's name, um, in, in these departments, I think that's for a long term. And I, I think that's really exciting. I'm one of those geeks that looks at the corporate side of things and the sort of the background side of things but I, I think that's hugely encouraging for the future not just the next you know 45 years yeah and, and I also think that um, in the immediate future it's something that you, you know you're talking about Ange putting his own stamp on the, on the backroom team 
you know, he's not really had that luxury this season, David. He's not really had the luxury of having some of the signings being at the absolute top of the game. I mean, um, heaven help anyone when we see a turbocharged version of Maeda, because that's going to be uh, a frightening prospect. But is that is that something to consider as well? The fact that um, we're, we're starting next season uh, with a group of players like Brian said, including the likes of Jota and Yakamakis, well, hopefully Jota, Yakamakis and others, who are only going to be galvanised and better next season. I think so. We haven't had a close season like this for years. You think about it. The players are going to knock off on Saturday, uh, 14th of May. And with the exception of those involved in the internationals, and there are some key players involved, we're not back until the 27th of June for pre-season training. We've got friendlies in July. The SPFL fixture list kicks off again, I think, last weekend in July. Champions League will get going um, uh, a month or so after that. We've got plenty of time. We're in a position of strength. We can, all the Japanese guys will be, will be well-rested, having been on this so-called treadmill for, for 18 months or so. Uh, and we've got, we've got bags of time to prepare properly, to get the recruitment right, and to get everybody rested and fresh and raring to go uh, when the new season begins. It, it, it's, a, it, it, it's, it's an almost unprecedented opportunity in recent times. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the, the results. Tony McCann beat on a good defensive mid. Could be argued his career was stunted by Celtic, playing him at centre-back. Mm. Uh, Gerard Coyle has a comment to say on David Trumbull. Anyone who thinks that he doesn't suit Ange Ball should go to Specsavers. Gerard, I'll tell you what, you get the full range of opinions on the comment section of this show, for sure. Now, Beaton, I've got to say, Brian, took me by surprise that he might be on his way. In fact, it looks pretty likely that he is on his way. But uh, I was also looking this morning at the rest of the players who are either in their last year of their deal or they're about to enter the last year. Dembele, we know, at 19 years of age, his deal runs out on the 31st of May. Chris Julien, 29, uh, as it stands, he'll be 30 by the time his deal runs out in a year's time. James A. Forrest will be 31, and Tommy Rogic will be 30. Now, of the three I've just mentioned there, because I think Dembele must be on his way because the deal's not been done yet. Uh, of the other three, Julien, Forrest, Rogic, where do you stand with those three guys? Again, Rogic, I, I think much like Beaton, if he walked away into the sunset this summer, he looks back in an excellent career, highly successful. He was one of the galvanising factors in an early success this season. I think the rebirth of Rodgers one of the stories of the season. Uh, right up there with the improvement of Tony Ralston, the, the debut of Kyogo. You know, it's an exceptional story. And if he leaves, I think he leaves with his head held high and, and the best wishes everyone. Julian's an interesting one. I expect him, if he was going to feature, would have featured. The ranch has been at pains to say he doesn't tend to rotate the defence because he likes that sort of solidity in there and I get it but I just feel like you would have saw him by now so I think he's probably going to go um, I just expect that and I I said it at the time when he was in the B squad some people said oh maybe he's in there for fitness to get I think that was a, a sign that he's probably off you know he didn't look interested either I could be wrong but I, I don't see him Forrest is a difficult one because I'm not someone who overly believes in sentiment at a club I think no matter who the player is if they're no longer going to cut it they have to go that being said I just think James Forrest is such an unsung hero of Celtic I mean he's, a, he's the guy's an absolute legend the amount of appearances the amount of trophies he's won it's it's quite incredible he's just so unassuming nice lad goes about his business and 
if he goes this season, I think he being, you know, he's enshrined in Celtics forever. There's mm. going to be very few players ever reach his level of success. That's a fact. Regardless of what you think about him as a player, that's a fact. So he can head, hold his head high, but he's one that I think I would maybe have around just just to bring on. Just again, he might not feature much, but just to bring that little extra game intelligence, you know, offer something different. You know, maybe even bring him into the middle a little bit as a, almost as a 10 at times, let him run with the ball a little bit. I don't know. But I just think, I don't think he's going to start every week. I don't think he's going to be someone that takes Celtic within the next level. But he would be the one I would probably be saddest to see go mm-hmm. if I was going to be sentimental. But yeah. if I'm realistic, I can probably see him going. I can probably see all four going, if I'm honest. Well, that that is interesting. I'm going to ask yourself, David. Um, mm. The underwater cabbage salesman has something to say about Beaton as well. I think it's time for him to go. He wasn't a terrible player, but he never managed to be a starter under any manager, which tells a story. Now, on that point, this is his ninth season. He's made 270 appearances. This is McGregor's eighth season, and he's made 375. So, I think it's a good point that the underwater cabbage salesman makes. Where are you, David, on the players going into the last year? We've kind of written beat on off. Julien, Forrest and Rogic. Yeah, OK. So James Forrest, um, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything that Brian said in that regard. For me, he's an unsung hero. If, if, if I get involved in arguments with other Celtic fans, it tends to be about James Forrest because I know he frustrates the living daylights out of so many people. Um, but but any dealings I've had with James Forrest, he's been, he's been an absolute gent, very unassuming one of the most decorated players in Celtics history. I still think he's got something to add uh, on the field. He, he came on for only about 10 minutes on uh, uh, last weekend, but played a really telling cameo, I thought. Didn't put a foot wrong. Some very um, decisive passes. Set up the goal for Yakimakis uh, at, at the very end. And, and, and I, I just hope that's, that, that's a taste of, uh, of what's yet to come from, from James Forrest. Because if he leaves Celtic, after this season, it, it, it will be on, I suppose, something of a personal low. And I don't think he deserves to, 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 to leave the club uh, on those terms. But more importantly, I think he's still got something to add on, on, on the pitch. Julian, I rate Christopher Julian. That, that sliding tackle he made to, to, to avert a goal against the United last season, last December, when he collided with a goalpost, he must look back on that and just wish he'd let that ball go in. Um, but he's become the sort of Lord Lucan figure of the of, of the first team squad this season, and, and I, I think he'll be I think he'll be gone. I mean, Ange says he doesn't want to rotate his central defenders, but Stephen Welsh has had a fair bit of game time, and, and I think the fact that Julian has had virtually none is, is telling. So I think I think he'll be he'll be departing, and, and, and good luck to him because he's he's, he's given his best at, at Celtic and brought him to the club. Tom Rogic, I'd written Tom Rogic off in my mind at the end of last season. I'd, I'd, he just seemed to be. It, it, it seemed to be it'd have one good game every eighteen months, uh, and he was he was certainly frustrating me. But he's been absolutely transformed this season. I don't know what uh, what Anne just said to him, but he, he seems absolutely to be able to get the best out of Tom Rogic. And now we're seeing Tom Rogic have you know a good game three out of four. Uh, and uh, I'd certainly like to see Tom uh, remain at the club. And I know he's you know 30 now, but um, he's still got uh, he's still got plenty to add on the park. And and I would say the most naturally gifted player in the first team squad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Johnny Ryan, this is interesting because even when I was reading through that list, Dembele was almost a footnote. And when you think about the fact that this is a player we've been aware of 
and you know, unless you back in the day used to pour over the Celtic view pages about youth players and reserve team players, etc. We've known about De- Dembele since he was thirteen, and he was this wonder kid of European football. He's now nineteen, and his Celtic career looks to be disappearing uh, without a whimper, you know. And he is, he is the disappointment, absolutely. Um, but I, where do you think it went wrong? What period of time do you think? you can pinpoint and say that was where we wanted development from young Dembele. It didn't happen. I'm not blaming him personally for it, but I think when Neil Lennon came back to the club after Rodgers left, I think that was the kind of time. So Dembele would have been at 17. You'd imagine he could have featured more. Um, and that was two years. He wasn't there at all. So to put in, in, in some context, David, usually on a Wednesday call and I disagree on something. Um, I love the man, but we usually disagree about something related to football. And the last time we disagreed was about Dembele. And he said he was really excited to see what would happen for him to come into Angie's team. And I disagreed because I've never, I don't really get it, if I'm honest. I think you can see he's a skillful player, but he's never done anything for me to really think, oh, you know, we can really rely on him next year. He's really going to step up. Mm-hmm. At 19 years old, if he was going to step up, I think he would have done it by now. Um, I realise he was injured earlier in the season, but I, I just think if you look at, you know, Abada, who in some quarters has still been criticised, and he's only 20, just turned. So there's, there's what, eight months between those two, and you look at the difference they've made. And mm-hmm. So I just think for me, we've heard so much about him, and he looked like a, a decent player, but I think if he was going to make his mark, he would have made it. And I just don't, it's not that I don't care about the lad, I wish him great his career, the same way I do anyone that, that's pulled on a, a Celtic jersey, but I, I will be less than disappointed if he goes at his I'm kind of just assuming he's away, and I've never really, it's never been like, oh, I'll miss him. That game. I remember that game where he done this because I can't think I really won. I think he scored once for Celtic last season. I think that's it. Against so, Hearts, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, so for me, uh, it's a disappointment based on the hype, but I can't say I'm personally disappointed because I've had no expectations of the lad. I sound like I, I, I'm really harsh on him, but I just, it's just the reality. I just have no sort of prior excitement around him. This is the thing. It was all. At youth level, David, you know, we've mm-hmm. not really seen that transfer into the first team, have we? No, I remember Dimbelli coming on as a as a substitute. Uh, I think I think I would say three years ago, um, and at Celtic Park, and and having a really great fifteen to twenty minutes. And Neil Lennon at the end of the game described him as one for the future. And I remember I wrote a blog um, a few days after the game, and, and I said. Neil Lennon may describe Dembele as one for the future, but for many Celtic fans, the future is now uh, as, as regards uh, as regards Dembele. But he's just never kicked on. Uh, um, uh, he's been unlucky with injuries, and, and I tend to think that a change of scene is probably in the best interest of all concerned now. Yeah, and we wish him all the best, obviously. I mean, Ewan Boy Martin, welcome back to the show, Ewan. Do you think Ange will sign a marquee player this summer? That is better than any player we have now. I always look at marquee signings as big names, you know, high-profile players, and that, that seems to go against. I know Joe Hart was a a big high-profile player, but I think most of the signings we've seen from Ange have been pretty low-key. Now, there's no way Ange Postecoglou cares whether I've heard of a player or not when he's going for him. But um, we've already had a wee chat about the um, proposed signing of a left back to come in. He's a 24-year-old. Um, or is he? Uh, I'll just double check. 25, sorry. Um, 
Jay-Z, Jazzy, something along those lines. Uh, we'll go with Jay-Z for now because Snoop is going to be celebrating the title as well. Um, he's coming in from Swedish football. He's an Iraqi internationalist. And, you know, it's £2 million. And the reason I bring that up is marquee signings for me are your Gravisons and your Keens of this world, Keen times two. Look at some of the business we've done under Ange, right? Joe Hart. 1.08 million. Juranovic, 2.7. Hatati, 1.38. Gucci, 684 grand. Is that right? O'Reilly, 1.62. And Maeda, when it's made permanent, 1.38. There are six players for under 9 million quid, Brian. I mean, he's definitely got a knowledge of various markets. And it looks as though, again, he's going to get his business done early this preseason. Yeah, just in the subject of marquee signings, when was the last like big marquee signing that really you would say done well for Celtic? Maybe Robbie Keane on loan, maybe. Yeah, I think, remember like Lundberg came in with Roy Keane mm, and I love Roy right, Keane, but he never wasn't he great. Gravison was mental, um, <laughs> you know. And, and I know we've seen the the greatest signing ever to grace Scottish football this season at all position, but you can see how well he's done. I don't think this marquee signing stuff, I think it excites the fans, but unless it fits the player profile, I don't see what the point is. And I think Andrew's shown that he's a very specific player, a type of player he wants, type of person, first of all, type of player he matches the way he plays and athleticism. And uh, I think he knows very specifically about who he wants. And I, I just don't see a marquee player coming in. I'll be honest, if anything, I'm more excited about the guys I know nothing about, just based on... Now, I remember when we signed Bio and I was thinking, who's this guy? He's going to be rotten. Never heard of him. Turns out he wasn't great. But under Ange, the ones I've never heard of, Matt O'Reilly, Hitati, Maeda, going, uh, and so on and so forth, they've been excellent. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. So if he brings someone in, I'm going to go, I'm excited by that player. It doesn't matter if I've heard of them or they've played 60 games in the Premier League or, or whatever the standard of a marquee signing is. And I don't think it's especially important. I would rather the marquee signing, if we're going to make one, is Carter Vickers or Jota. That would yeah. be a marquee signing. That be a stamp yeah, of good shout. You know, mm-hmm. we've kept in. That's who I would like, and I think mm-hmm. that will happen, by all accounts. And, and then, and just trust, trust the process, trust his eye for a player, trust the database he's assembled, and and prepare to get excited. I would say. You know what's interesting, Brian? You're going to trust the process, and I said earlier this season that that term was last season's keep the faith. Or, sorry, it was this season's keep the faith. But now I'm trusting the process, and I'm keeping the faith in, in Big Ange. Absolutely, Martin O'Neill was the king of marquee signings, wasn't he, David? I mean, Chris Sutton was a marquee, John Hartson, Neil Lennon, even yeah. marquee buys, Alan Thompson. But Celtic were operating in a different transfer market at the time, without the disparity in income between. Uh, between Scottish clubs and English clubs in particular, um, I, you know, I, I don't think we'll see that sort of thing again. Um, uh, as, as Brian says, re-signing uh, uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers or, or Jota would would tick the box in terms of marquee signings. When, when Ange first joined, my, one of my primary concerns was not so much his, you know, his footballing expertise. I think if you looked at the, the fine print, he'd, he'd, he'd proven it and done it. But it was whether or not he could attract players to the club at a time when Rangers had Stephen Gerrard in charge at, 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 at Ibrox. But I mean. His, his knowledge of his knowledge of what's out there, his knowledge of the international markets, you know, in, in particular the J League has been has been phenomenal, and he's not put a foot wrong in the transfer market. There's not been one dud signing. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a couple, Idaguchi, for example, who, who I suppose um, you know it's, it's it, the jury's still out on, but but I mean there have been no failures. Um, uh, and uh, I, I'm sure Ange will continue in, in, in that vein, and, and, and signings will be of the, you know, in terms of finances, will be will be at a relatively modest level. 
Yeah, I mean, we're full of positivity today. We're, we're trusting the process. We're keeping the faith, that's for sure. Um, yes, my camera has been knackered today. Sorry for anyone who was looking forward. In fact, you wouldn't even have known I was on the show until we started, Brian, because it should be Kevin Graham that's hosting it today. But he will be back on tonight um, for Tanner Rice. David Slight will be travelling up to Dundee to watch that game. Lucky you, David. Um, I'll be tuning in, as will Brian, I think. Uh, so join us again half an hour before kick-off. I'm really looking forward to it. That's a very quick hour. It's always a pleasure, David, to have you on the show. Thank you so much for that. Thanks. And uh, Brian, you are the resident Wednesday romantic. So thank you again for joining us and thanks everybody for getting involved with a Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.